Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Josh Rhodes, the Adult Ministries pastor, and just awesome to be with you and share in worship, share in communion. Uh, so glad that you're here as we're starting this new series called Keep Calm. Quick reminder before we jump in that Pastor Tim is doing his revelation study on Sunday nights. We're only in our third week, so we invite you to, to come out from five to six o'clock. And uh, those of you who know Tim, uh, one of the best teachers you'll ever find and just an amazing opportunity to learn about what can be a kind of a tricky book to understand. So we invite you to come back five to six and uh, be a part of that tonight. Well, now that it's November, I guess we can officially say the holiday season is here. And um, I don't know if you've seen kind of some of the countdowns, but Thanksgiving is only 25 days away. Christmas, I think, is 51. Some of you just got stressed just hearing those numbers and everything you need to do. And uh, I'm just curious, those of you in the room and online, show of hands in just a moment, how, what is your favorite holiday? So Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day. So first, you love the turkey, the football, that nap you cannot resist. All right, it just comes upon you. All right, show of hands, Thanksgiving Day people, where are you at? All right. Seeing who I can come over for leftovers later that day. All right, and then the rest of you, the, the presents and the tree and all of that stuff. You're Christmas Day people, let me see you. All right, so good, good number of you. I, I would say, I, I really do love both. I love food, I really love food, but Christmas is fun. I have a big family, my wife and I have four kids, so it, it's just a blast, but... Um, I would say one of my favorite holiday memories was actually from a Thanksgiving day. I was about 10 years old. I remember it like yesterday. I was in our TV room and my dad said, hey Josh, go grab a hammer and the biggest screwdriver you can find. Went and grabbed it, brought it to him and, and he climbed up on the couch and the, the wall that separated our TV room and our living room, he began to tap a hole in. Mind you, Thanksgiving Day. All right, don't forget that part. A Little bit of a hole starts, punches a bigger hole in, maybe about a softball size, peers into the wall, and I distinctly remember him saying, good news, kids, it's not load-bearing. This baby's coming down on Thanksgiving Day. So for the next several hours, I just remember him demoing that wall I remember me and my siblings carrying busted drywall, wires, lumber out the front door. All the while, God bless her, my mom cooked Thanksgiving dinner in a construction zone. So that is not a good idea, all right? That's not the point of today's message to knock down a wall on Thanksgiving Day. But I do think that story captures maybe what a lot of us feel during the holiday season that the holiday season can feel like that Thursday in my house, a day that was supposed to be wonderful and relaxing that just kind of turned crazy. And I do think that happens to us this time of year. I do believe that God wants us to have a, a time where we reflect on our family and on our faith and, and Jesus coming into the world and all that that means, but it gets crazy because we end up overcommitting we just do too much. We say yes to too many things. We overextend. We try to decorate seven trees instead of one, right? We overspend. 
and then we pay for it dearly in January, February, March. And I think as a result, a lot of us, and not all of us, I think some of you maybe have a good handle on this, but I think a lot of us end up feeling exhausted. We're just, we're just, we're just poured out. We are busy and we are tired and our, our, our tank is empty. I think a lot of us just become really distracted I mean, every day there's another toy catalog coming in, right? Every day there's, there's advertisements of all the things we need to buy and all the things that we need to take care of. We just get so distracted on all of these things. And then finally, I think we end up being really, really stressed out. Just really, really stressed. We're maxed out, we're stressed out, and we're not having any fun at all. Uh, so uh, over the last several months, we've talked about doing a, a teaching series on this subject, on how we can kind of say no to these things and experience the holidays God's way. And our prayer for all of us in this room and those online is that we would look back on the 2019 holiday season and say, I wasn't exhausted, I was actually rested. I was rested. I was able to rest physically. I, I took some great naps. I was able to rest emotionally. I was able to get the kind of rest to go into a new year refreshed. We would be able to say that we were present in this season. We weren't all over the place in every direction, but that we were present every day with God, that we were present every day with one another, that we were present with ourself. And then finally, that we were calm that we weren't stressed, that we were calm. We felt God's inner peace and joy that he promises us. So this is our hope and prayer over the course of this series. I invite you to come all four weeks because every, every week we're gonna learn a different aspect of how to stay calm. And the one that we're gonna start with today is be calm and say no. Be calm and say no. No, and we're gonna learn from an amazing woman who shows up several times in the scriptures who was able to say no. She was able to say no to her sister who was, who was trying to pull her away from the feet of Jesus. And it's a familiar story, it's Mary and Martha, but I think God has some new truths for us in this story if we'll receive it this morning. So it's found in Luke chapter 10, and it begins this way. While they were traveling, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. So this is Jesus and he was traveling with his 12 disciples and they were welcomed by Martha into her home. Couple of things, they were traveling from the north, Galilee, down to Bethany, we know that from John 11. And they would have uh, been looking for, for people who would receive them. Earlier in Luke chapter 10, Jesus sent out his disciples and he told them to, to go to homes that will receive you, share the message, and let them care for you. He said, don't take any provisions, don't take money or food. So they're simply doing what he instructed them to do early in Luke, earlier in Luke chapter 10. And Martha was the one who opened her home in Bethany. I presume, I'm not for sure, that this was the first time that they would have met. And when you meet someone, you wanna make a good first 
impression, right? And it would have been her responsibility to make sure that they were welcomed and that they were cared for. And it was a big group, Jesus and 12 disciples and her and her sister, at least 15 people. Have you guys ever had that many people stop by unexpectedly hungry, right? So you can already feel what's gonna happen. She welcomes them in, but then she immediately gets to work. 39 says this, she had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. So kind of a contrast here that we're gonna see this morning. So briefly, a couple of Marys that we see in the Bible. First, we see Mary, the mother of Jesus. Right, she's pretty, a pretty famous one, this isn't her. Another Mary we see is Mary Magdalene, fascinating woman, she had demons cast out of her. She became a very strong follower of Christ. She was at the, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection, not that Mary. This is Mary of Bethany. Mary of Bethany, and we see her three times in the scripture. We see her in Luke chapter 10. We see her show up in John 11 when her brother Lazarus died and Jesus raised him back to life. And then finally we see her in John chapter 12 where she anointed Jesus' feet with precious oil six days before he would go to the cross. So that is the Mary that we're looking at. It says that she sat at the Lord's feet. That's an important detail. I have a quote from uh, Dr. Craig Keener who says this, People normally sat on chairs or at banquets reclined on couches, but disciples sat at the, Lord, at the feet of their teachers. Mary's posture and eagerness to absorb Jesus' teaching at the expense of a more traditional womanly role would have shocked most Jewish men. So she chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. And this might kind of sound weird to you, but we see it all the time. We see it in preschool classrooms. We see it in kindergarten classrooms where the teacher has the storybook. And what do the kids do? They sit at the feet of the teacher, right? Sit crisscross applesauce and fold the hands and all the things we make kids do, right? That's the picture of the teacher who has something very important to share in the students, the disciples who are ready to listen. So that's what Mary did. Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he said. I think it's amazing that even though Martha was pressuring her to come into the kitchen, that she was able to say no and she was able to sit at the feet of Jesus. I mean, you knew she was kind of looking at her right from the other room, but she chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear everything that he was saying. There's two things I love about this. First is what it teaches us about Jesus. First, he welcomes everyone. This was going against the cultural norms. A rabbi would not have allowed women to sit and listen and learn like that Jesus did. He welcomed them. It's a reminder that Jesus welcomes everybody. He welcomed the women. He welcomed those who were, who were sick. He welcomed those who were, were outcast. He welcomed everyone in. And this morning, if you feel like Jesus wouldn't welcome you to come to his feet, he will. That's who we have in Christ. Second, she hung on every word that he said. 
This listened was a very intent, active, ears open, focused, I'm hanging on everything that you're saying. That's what she was doing. I think she realized who Jesus was and that his word really was the word of God. John chapter six says this, I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. It's interesting to me that Martha was preparing physical food and she was choosing to receive spiritual food and she wouldn't be hungry because she was feasting on the word of life, the word of Christ that would last forever. So this is who Mary was. She sat at his feet. The, the passage quickly then contrasts her with her sister. In verse 40, it says, but Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she was over in the kitchen and she was getting to work. Now, those of you fellow West Virginians will notice that this is not first century pottery. This is fiesta wear, all right? Some of you are fiesta fanatics, right? But it says that she was distracted by her many tasks. What was her primary task? To feed a lot of hungry dudes, right? That was her job. She didn't have a microwave. She didn't have a stove. She didn't have Grubhub. Some of you Grubhubbers out there, right? It was hard work, especially if they didn't know they were coming and she probably didn't know they were coming. She would have needed to get a fire going. She would have needed to knead the bread. If they wanted protein, she would have been out there killing an animal, right? Not only did she wanna provide a great meal, she wanted to fulfill her cultural duty as a woman. It was their job in that culture to care for the men. It says she was distracted. She was distracted. That's a loaded word. It doesn't just mean she was kinda of looking around distracted. It meant she was overburdened it meant that she was worried and she was stressed. So you just kind of picture here, her here just running around and sweating and, and just all worked up. That's who she was. She was distracted by her many tasks. The passage goes on. It says, Martha was distracted by her many tasks and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. Not only was she worried, not only was she anxious, she was coming to correct Jesus. You don't care about me. Tell my sister to come help me. Now, any of you who have siblings, you know sometimes you go at it, right? We're in church, don't lie, you know you do. All right, and one of my kids' favorite Bible stories is actually this one. And we use the beginner's Bible and a couple of others at home. And if you were to let that fall flat at home, it will fall to Mary and Martha. We've read it that many times. And I love how the, bio, the kid's Bible illustrates this part of our story. It says, the longer Mary listened to Jesus, the madder Martha got. She said, I'm busy in the kitchen while Mary's doing nothing, right? And the detail, I think, is great. Notice Notice her tongue. She's sticking her tongue out at her sister. I mean, she is that fired up. She's irritated. She's irritated, but, it, but it's not just with her sister, it's with Jesus. She says, Jesus, you don't care about me. 
and she actually tells Jesus what to do. Tell my sister to come and give me a hand. The language behind that statement means that she exploded on Jesus. She erupted on him, telling him what she should do. So Jesus responds, 41, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Anytime you see something repeated in scripture, pay attention to that. So he says, Martha, Martha, that was a rebuke. He was correcting her. Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset. Think with me, put your thinking cap on. What was she worried about? What was she worried about? She was worried about not getting the meal out on time, right? She was, she was worried that she was gonna disappoint the guests. Maybe she was worried that, that she would be thought less of by Jesus for not fulfilling her, her duty. And she was upset. Who was she upset at? Everybody, right? She was upset at her sister. She was upset at Jesus. She was probably upset at the disciples who had dirt on their feet, right? <laughs> She's just upset about many things. And I love what Jesus does. He contrasts the many things that she was focused on with what? The one thing. One thing is necessary. And what was the one thing? It was what Mary was doing. It was sitting at his feet. Notice he doesn't correct her for cooking a nice meal. He was just helping her see that in the busyness and the distraction of the many things, she was missing the one thing. Jesus goes on. The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you're worried upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. I mean, you can just picture that moment, right? Where Jesus gets a hold of Mary and they're just connected. And he says, Martha, Martha, <laughs> I didn't need some huge Thanksgiving feast. I just want you, I just want you to come and sit with your sister and let me love you. Let me teach you, let me show you the way of life. And he said, Mary made the right choice. She chose the correct thing and it won't be taken from her. Now here's the thing. In this season, we are asked to do many things, right? Martha had many things. We will face many things as well. You'll have many extra events or parties that you're asked to attend. You'll have many things and rooms to decorate. Some of you have like 14 Christmas trees at home. I don't get it, all right? 10's probably good. Uh, you'll have many miles to drive or fly, many cards to send, much overtime to pick up, many meals to cook, gifts to wrap, projects to do around the house to get ready, many, many things. But the first way to keep calm this holiday season is to give yourself permission to say no to the many things so you don't miss the one thing that's truly necessary, which is what? Jesus. Today we wanna inspire you, we want to embolden you to say no to some of those many things. Now, you can't 
and shouldn't say no to everything, right? Grandma calls, are you coming to dinner Christmas Eve for the 300th anniversary of this meal that's happened generationally, you know? You're not gonna tell her no, right? You can't do that. But some of the many things you can say no to. You just have to give yourself permission. You've gotta be okay that some people will be disappointed. You've gotta be okay that you're not gonna meet everyone's expectations. Do what Mary did. Be with Jesus, even if it means disappointing your sister. Right now, I'm reading a great book by a Christian MD. It's called Margin, would highly recommend it to you. The subtitle is Restoring Emotional, Physical, Financial, and Time Reserves to an Overburden Life. Dr. Richard Swenson Margin. He says this, with far too many demands and expectations upon us, we could not possibly fulfill them all, even should we desire to do so. We then must respond with grace, with sensitivity, yet with firmness. I'm sorry, but I can't. I'm sorry, but I can't. To be able to say no without guilt is to be freed from one of the biggest monsters in our overburdened lives. We decline not out of self-serving laziness, but for God-honoring balance and health. We're not gonna say no in this season to all of the extra things because we're lazy or because we don't love our family or because we don't wanna provide a nice Thanksgiving or Christmas. We are going to say no because we can't do it all. It's impossible. There are some things that are gonna be left done. There's some parties that won't be attended. There's some gifts that won't be bought or cards that won't be sent. We can't do it all. We've gotta keep calm and say no. Let me give you a real quick example of what this has looked like uh, in our family. I'm one of nine kids. There's a million of us, right? Married, all got kids. There's like 40 in our immediate core. For many years, we would all buy for everyone. So we would buy for all the nieces and nephews and all the brothers and sisters and all of those that we've, we've married, right? And for probably two months, I'm looking at my wife because she knows, three months, it was like, okay, it's coming. All right, we would make a list and fill it with every name and we'd get to work, all right? It was so much work. Weeks and weeks where these hampers would be filled with the toys and the bath and body because we found a sale, you gotta grab that, all right? And the, and the cans and nuts, the brother-in-laws will love those and the car that they're gonna lose in an hour, right? And it would just be filled and it would wear us out and it was a burden and it was distracting. And I'm very thankful, my oldest sister, we were at a family get together and she said, hey, I have an idea. What if we don't do that ever again? <laughs> I think was what she said. She said, let's do a big people gift exchange, choose one name. Let's do a little people gift exchange, we'll choose one. We buy two gifts and then we'll just tell each other we love each other so much and no one will get mad because they're not getting 50 things. We did it and it was awesome. I remember the first year we went to my parents for the gathering and we just had a, a few things that we actually put much more thought into and intentionality into and they were gifts that we were proud of to give and we found freedom 
And even the gathering of the family was so much more refreshing because there weren't hundreds of gifts being ripped and you couldn't even find the babies. They were under all of the paper. Seriously. That's just one example. And I think for you, you just gotta figure out what that is. I, I can't give you that whole list, but I think you're probably beginning to think of what that might be. Maybe it is in the realm of the gift giving. Maybe it is in the realm of the events and the family functions. Maybe it is in the travel. Whatever it is for you, you've gotta figure out how can I say no with grace, with sensitivity, yet with what? Firmness, so that you can have more time to be with Jesus. So, the challenge today is simple. The challenge is just to be like Mary, to be like Mary of Bethany. That's it, all right, we're done. Be like Mary. And why I can say that is because the three times that we see her in scripture, she was doing the same thing. She sat at the Lord's feet, she fell at his feet, Mary anointed Jesus' feet. I've been studying these three passages the last few weeks and it dawned on me the three passages that we find Mary of Bethany, she was where? At his feet. She was listening at his feet to teach. When her brother died, she fell at his feet crying and Jesus joined her in her grief and then in John 12, six days before he'd go to the cross, she was able to anoint his feet with her hair. The challenge is simple. Be like Mary. Spend time at his feet and stay there. So this morning, we're gonna take a moment to just do that. Oftentimes, we give you things to kind of take home and think about. We're gonna do it right now. We're gonna sit at his feet together. And it's gonna be through song, and I know some of you are like, I got a lot of things to do. I'm gonna ask you to stay for four minutes. I'm gonna invite all of us to stay in the room and online for four minutes and let this song wash over you. It's called, The More I Seek You, and these are the words that you're going to hear. I wanna sit at your feet. I wanna drink from, your, drink from the cup in your hand. I wanna lay back against you and breathe and I wanna feel your heartbeat. This love is so deep, it's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. And we're not even gonna put the words up here for you to sing because that's just one more thing that you'd have to do this morning. We just want you to receive this song and we want you to put yourself at the feet of Jesus as you hear this song. You know there's many things to do later today and next week, but right now, you're gonna put those many things away and choose the one thing, to sit at his feet. Here's the thing, I know so many of you are exhausted. You got one extra hour of sleep last night, but you need 50 more. You're at your wit's end, You're, you are over Overwhelmed. What Jesus is saying, I just want you. I just want you. So let these words fill your heart and your soul and let Jesus speak to you this morning.
So we've been together for about an hour and 10 minutes and we've heard some great worship and we've looked at God's word and I just wanna ask you three quick questions and we're done. Do you feel a little more rested this morning? Do you feel a little more present this morning? Do you feel a little more calm this morning? That's his desire for us this season. You're gonna be pulled to do the many, many, many things, but you're gonna to have to say no. So you can sit at his feet to do the one thing. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we worship you. We lift your name high. Help us sit at your feet in this season. Help us know when it's okay to say no and when we need to say no so we can be with you. Thank you that you desire for us to come close, that you welcome us all, no matter where we've been or what we've done, you want us at your feet. And through faith in you, we can have that relationship. We're so grateful. We love you. Thank you for loving us in Jesus' name, amen.